Oh man, we are in a place in time right now that some are fired up about and some are concerned about and some are all kinds of different emotions, but school is about to begin again. I know, right? You've got all of these different uh, arrays of emotion and in this room tonight, we have some really special, like extraordinarily special people with us in this room, and that is we have some, while, yeah, we've got some sixth graders, new sixth graders, right? Yeah, that, that, that this yesterday crossed over from kids' ministry into student ministry, but we also have some that have crossed over from preschool ministry into kids' ministry, which means we've got some new kindergartners in this room right here. So welcome, kindergartners. We love that you are here. Parents, it's going to be okay. I promise you it's going to be okay. They will thrive. They will do great. And we are glad that they are here. Please remember, we welcome the noises of little ones. Obviously, as they get older, they learn new ways. But as little ones, we welcome those noises. And we are excited about them being in this room tonight with us because those are the sounds of life. And, uh, and so don't worry. We know you would like to crawl under a rock sometimes whenever your kiddo you know, makes a big noise or whatever the case may be, but just know that that's okay. Uh, it's okay for them to be in this room and to make those noises. We, we do celebrate them. So, so we're glad they're here, and so welcome, kindergartners. We're glad you're here. You know, I thought I would tell a story about whenever I was a kindergartner, like 20 years ago. Um, and, um, and so... I thought I'd tell that story, uh, but I remember, has anybody gotten their school supplies yet? No, okay, haven't gotten school supplies yet. Some of you will be on the hunt this week, next week, all that, to get school supplies. One of my favorite things I remember, kindergarten and first grade, the box of crayons. Ah, the box of crayons, especially when you go from the 24-pack to the 48-pack. All the extra colors, all of the extra colors that are in there, and they're just pristine. They haven't been used before, but then this travesty happens, and that is you have to take them because, like, I don't know. I think it was from my kindergarten to my first grade year that we went from you brought your own school supplies and you used those school supplies to then in first grade, for some reason, somebody got the idea that we're supposed to share school supplies. I know, right? But it's the right idea. We should share school supplies. However... You know, I know you guys know me. Uh, if you don't know me, um, I, I tend to, there's certain ways that I like things to be done. Uh, and, and one of those would be like when you've got a good box of crayons, you should kind of hang on to that box of crayons and it should last a good long while and, and things should stay in order and the box should stay in order and it should work in your little, little, little pencil box and all that kind of good stuff, right? It should, it should last a period of time. Well, I remember in, in first grade, we piled all of our stuff in there at the back-to-school um, thing, parent night, meet the teacher night, and we, we pile them all on the, the, the countertop. And then I kid you not, man, it wasn't two weeks later, I'm reaching into the crayon box. You know what was in there? Broken crayons. Y'all, there's broken crayons. Do you realize the travesty of broken crayons in the crayon box? It is just a travesty, and it is not okay. It's madness. Why anyone would break the crayons, I have no idea. And some of you turkeys in this room are like, I broke them all. Yeah, you're the one. You are the one. But you want to know what I learned? You want to know what I learned at that time in my life? My teacher, so smart, amazing. Aren't the first grade teachers like the best ever? They're amazing, amazing, phenomenal. All teachers are amazing. But, this one, but first grade, there's something special, right? 
My teacher taught me. Pud Albert was her name. Pud. We won't worry about that for now. But Pud Albert was her name, Ms. Albert. And uh, she was fabulous. Um, She retired after my first grade year, but I'm not sure why. But I'm glad that she was my first grade teacher. Amazing. She taught me. Broken crayons still color. That's what she taught me. My mom had been telling me this for years. I didn't believe her, uh, but my first grade teacher taught me broken crayons still color, and they do. They still make amazing artwork. You can sharpen them, and they can have a sharp point. You can write with them, and you can draw things with them. What an amazing thing to learn, right? And I, I thought that, you know, once a crayon was broken, it had one purpose, and that was to be thrown in the trash because it's useless. But she taught me broken crayons still color. You know, this is... Kind of, we're in this series right now where we're talking about people, we're talking about their stories of their lives, and we're talking about, you know, how God used them in just mighty ways, and really most of the people we've been talking about for weeks now have been the least likely to be picked to be used by God. But God chooses these least likely people to do amazing, phenomenal, life-changing, world-changing things. And it's inspiring to us. And I hope that you've been inspired by the story of David. I hope that you've been inspired by the story of Rahab. I mean, she was this, I mean, just, you, you get inspired. By it, and I hope that tonight, I hope that tonight there is just inspiration that comes from this unlikely source named John Mark. We can call him John Mark the Immature. The immature screw-up, John Mark. That's who we can call him. Some of you are going, ooh, I can identify with John Mark. I can identify with him. Yeah, so John Mark, the immature screw-up. And then, of course, next week we're going to be with Gideon the timid. And we'll finish up this series with Gideon next week. And so let's, let's do this tonight. Let's go John Mark. And those of you that have your Bibles with you, go ahead and go to Acts chapter 12. We're going to spend most of our time in the book of Acts this evening. But go ahead and go to Acts chapter 12. And so John Mark. He's also called just Mark. This was a a very important figure in the early church that was then a servant to the apostle Peter. He was also a servant to Paul and Barnabas, some pretty notables, right? You know, Peter, Paul, and Barnabas, these are major, major players in the early church. And he was a servant to them. So he had one of those those roles that was kind of a behind-the-scenes role. And one of the -the behind-the-scenes role that he had was to be a scribe for Peter. Now, interestingly enough, as he was a scribe for Peter, Peter told the gospel story of Jesus, and Mark wrote it down, and now we have this fourth, we have this gospel that's named Mark, but it's really Peter's story. And so here's Mark, he does this amazing, so he's like in the Bible, it's like an author. The name on that book of the Bible, it's just amazing, and so Yeah, he was a behind-the-scenes guy that God then used for huge things, and he kind of had this big bump in the middle of his road, right? You know, he kind of had a oops in the middle of it. And so we're going to talk about that here in just a second. But before we get there, I mean, this guy, this just kind of shows the the rags-to-riches story, if you will, or the nothing-to-something story of Mark, because in the, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, there are four mosaics on the walls in there, and one of them is dedicated to Mark the Evangelist, and this is him, handsome dude, isn't he? Yeah, right? I don't, I don't know, whatever. But, but anyway, um, so scribe of Peter, and uh, the Gospel of Mark is Peter's account. 
of the story of Jesus. And so we're just going to kind of go through Mark's story a bit this evening and just kind of start where he enters into the Word of God, where we get to know him, and then we'll kind of, we'll deal with his oops, and then we're going to, we'll finish up with how this applies to us and and how it all works together. And so Acts chapter 12, verse 12, we we see Mark is mentioned um, because this is right after Peter escapes from prison with the help of an angel. And so here's how it goes, Acts 12, 12. Peter went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And so Mark, his family was praying for Peter's deliverance while he was in prison. And so Early in Paul's ministry, now early in Paul's ministry, excuse me, so he's praying for Peter, and then early in Paul's ministry, when he was still known as Saul, okay, Saul, the nasty guy who killed Christians and everything, Joel was just praying about him a while ago. Exactly um, him, uh, we see in Acts chapter 12, 25, Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John. And so here's John Mark. His other name was Mark. And so we have Peter, Barnabas, Saul. There's our evidence that he actually was the guy who I was telling you about a while ago. And so he was given this opportunity to be mentored. This huge opportunity to be mentored by Paul and Barnabas. This is, this is a massive opportunity for him. Now, at the time, it may not have been seen as a massive opportunity because there wasn't just this enormous movement yet that we know Christianity as. It wasn't like that. It was a little different at that time. However, this was an opportunity for him, and he got the offer to join their ministry and to be really alongside leadership for this ministry. But something happened along the way, and we really don't know what it is. We know that Mark was young. We're really not sure what happened, but at some point, for some reason, he abandoned his mentors. He decided, I'm not going to follow you. I'm going to go my own way. And it was a big stink in the early church. This was a big deal. Now, Barnabas, um, who was a servant, I mean, he was known as one one that serves and encourages others. You know, um, he wanted to give John Mark a second chance. But you can imagine there were some others that were like, no, he doesn't need a second chance. We shouldn't do it. Luke writes in Acts chapter 15, beginning in verse 37. So flip on over to 15, beginning in verse 37. Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Everybody understands that, right? You understand where Paul's coming from. Paul is a driving force leader kind of guy. Barnabas, an encourager. You can see how Barnabas wanted to give him another chance. Paul was like, not a chance. Nuh-uh. Not on my watch. You want him. You got him. I don't want him. You can understand where this comes from, just the different kinds of people within the body of Christ. And so there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. So this is kind of a thing, right? Barnabas took Mark with him, sailed to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and departed having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. So we have the oops. And then we have the kind of bringing him back underneath the umbrella and giving him another shot. Anybody ever do anything dumb when you were young? Right. Anybody ever do anything immature when you're young? Absolutely. You long to grow up 
but it happens all the time. People can be really immature when they're young. You know what also can happen? People also can mature. There are many of you that are in this room that you can tell stories of your youth and uh, your misspent youth, if you will, maybe even, and we can look at you today and see who you are. We can see the choices that you made then, and we can see the man or the woman that you are today. And we can see what Christ did in you and how God healed you and took what was once young and immature and has matured sometimes through the hard knocks of life, um, but, but sometimes just through the miraculous life change that happens whenever a person comes to know Jesus. People can be really immature when they're young, and they can also mature from their early mistakes and then go to prove that they are no longer that young, clueless version of themselves. They grew up. They've grown up. We know this is a lot of y'all's stories, a lot of people's stories on this earth. And so we kind of move on in Mark's life story, the coming back into the fold is there. He's beginning to move along. And in Paul's letters, Mark is seen with Paul eventually, the one who said, no, let him go his own way. We fast forward a little bit of time. Paul in Rome, at the time of the writing of Colossians, Paul writes specifically to Mark, and he says, you've received instructions. Oh, and then he adds, he writes about Mark, and he is talking to the people of Colossae, and he says, you've received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. And so Paul is now done a 180. We see that, that somehow, in whatever way it needed to happen, John Mark has now earned the respect again of Paul. And so he's back in. He was beginning to win Paul's confidence again. And now here's the deal. Interestingly enough, by the end of Paul's life, John Mark had won his favor. John Mark had grown in favor and stature with these people. And so from Rome, Paul wrote to Timothy these in 2 Timothy 4. He said, get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. So this old, this, this young boy who was immature and made a mistake, you know, probably made multiple mistakes, has now began to come back in and now finds himself as very important to the greatest missionary ever to have walked the face of the planet. The one that wrote more letters has, has his name in the Word of God than anybody else. He's important. He's helpful to him. Peter, of course, you know, this is Mark's, um, or Mark is Peter's scribe. Uh, Peter um, talks about Mark's presence in Rome around the same time. He says, the believers here in Babylon say hello to you like you. God has chosen them to serve him. He says these words. He says, Mark, who is like my son, also says hello to you. He's talking to Peter. And so, so here it is. And I'm, we're, we're telling this story, and some of you are sitting here going, Danny, this is, this is great and all, but this is not a new story for us. This is not anything that we haven't heard before of, yeah, we know darkness to light. We know, we know sin to righteousness. We know once was lost, now is found. We know that, that good people still make mistakes, and we know that people who follow Jesus are still selfish and guilty, and sometimes they choose to go their own way, and it works out in a, in a way that they come back, and the word that's been hidden in their heart pulled them right back into who Jesus is and who, who God the Father is. 
I'm here to tell you tonight, this is not a new story. But there may be somebody that's in this room this evening, you need to be reminded of this story. Because you still function thinking of yourself as a broken crayon that is useless. And you may still see yourself as a person that God would never pick because you've chosen to go your own way. Maybe you've been a part of the church for a while and you were like, you know what? I'm just kind of, I'm just going to go do my own thing for a little while. I'm doubting. I'm tired of the, of the wrestling match. I'm tired of all this. I'm just going to kind of go do my own thing for a little while. And now you're back and you're thinking, I don't think I can earn my way back in. I don't think I can, I don't think the respect is there as it once was. I don't think whatever the case may be, maybe you think you've just, you just, you can't go back. And this story is for you this evening, and this is one of those that, man, yeah, there's things you've done, things that you regret in your youth, in your adult life, everything in between. You got to remember, it's, it's just like my teacher told me, broken crayons still color. We just got to, in our brain, just imagine there's still a picture to be colored. There's still a story to be told. There's still the ability to live this life in the way that God longs to. And there's a, and the broken crayons still make a really beautiful, just as beautiful as a pristine crayon. They make a beautiful picture. And so, aren't you glad there's forgiveness? I mean, aren't you glad? Some of you haven't forgiven yourself. You've been hanging on to things for so long, and you see yourself as damaged goods, but you are not. There's forgiveness, and there's a newness of life that is available. There's a chance to work out salvation. I mean, isn't that the most beautiful understanding of the relationship with Jesus? This is not a one-time thing. This is a thing that happens over and over and over again where we are converted. There is a conversion experience in our lives where we are drawing closer to the Lord. And as we become, our, our eyes are now opened to a whole new realm of our reality, we realize we've got a little further to go to get closer to the Lord and we can ask forgiveness for these areas that we haven't thought about in years or these things that have got us and they've been, they've been dictating our lives for, for decades or for years or months or whatever the case may be that we can then give over to the Lord and then we give all of that over to the Lord, we feel like we're good and then the Lord opens up a whole new area where we get to work on. and, and It's a working out of our salvation. Aren't you glad that this is a process and not a destination? Because it provides hope for you and me. It provides hope for parenting. It provides hope for marriage. It provides hope for jobs. It provides hope for relationships that seem irreparable. It provides hope for people who feel hopeless. And this is a beautiful story to understand and to know. John Mark, this guy who was in the inner circle of those closest to the gospel message, closer than any of us can ever imagine being. And he left them. He gave up on them. And then through the grace of God, was able to come back in. And as a result, is telling the story.
And we're telling his story tonight. And it's giving hope to us in our stories tonight. Broken crayons still color. And so the question that we ask this evening, will you let God mature you? And will you give others the chance for God's work of maturing them? Because see, sometimes not only do we see ourselves as broken crayons and useless and hopeless, there are also other people that sometimes we would view the same way. That we would look at and we would go, you are too far gone. You're too lost. You're too... Man, you've, you've been a part of the church, and then you gave up on the church, and man, now you know all of the inner circle, and you know all the inner workings, and you're not going to be a part of the church ever giving up on you, your broken crayon. But there's still a story to be told. There's still light in darkness. There's still goodness. There's still hope. There's still a chance. We've talked about this. We talked about it last week. We talked about it the week before. All of our stories are unfinished. All of our stories are in process. And even through our brokenness, we can bring color to this earth. We can bring beautiful color to this earth. Like John Mark, whether we're in a season of youth and we're challenging all authority in our lives, we're just challenging authority to see if it really works, to see if it really is this faith really something that we're, gonna, we're really going to be able to hold on to, whether we're in that season of youth where that's the case, or you're looking at the youth of our day and you're struggling to understand their ways. And you're just scratching your head constantly. You're like, I just don't get it. I don't understand their ways. No matter where we are in this spectrum, anything in between, we are still learning and we are still discovering the way to life. Because whether it's us as broken crayons or whether it's a person that we see as a broken crayon, there's hope. There's goodness. There's light because broken crayons still color. This is an important truth that John Mark's story clarifies for us. He clarifies for us that while our role on this earth, while our role in the kingdom of God may not seem as glamorous as perhaps maybe we might want it to be, regardless of what, whether it is, it's in the limelight or whether it's behind the scenes like John Mark, regardless of where it is, there is no such thing as a lesser role in the kingdom of God. It requires every single role. And all of us pulling our weight, we bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth this kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. And yeah, while our past may seem to darken, it may seem to darken the vibrancy that God intended for our stories, what matters most is that we fulfill our role to the best of our ability in order to complete the body of Christ here on earth. We gotta bring to the table who we are. We gotta bring to the table who we are in order to complete the body of Christ here on this earth. And the cool thing is, God continues to give us chance after chance after chance to tell this story. To tell the story in order to bring about God's colorful, brilliant kingdom here on this earth. Are you getting the picture? Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it again for yourself to remind you? And are you seeing it for those that maybe you've given up on? where you see God shine the light and you see God shine hope to bring a colorful, brilliant kingdom here to this earth. And so I wonder the question, how have you been coloring lately? How's your life been coloring? Are you painting the picture or are you picking brown, right? I'm just kidding. Nobody liked the brown color whenever we were kindergartners, but I like to make a beautiful, colorful picture of all of these colors, the mosaic of humanity. How have you been coloring lately? Do you think that God doesn't want to choose you because of your brokenness? 
Is that what you think? God doesn't really want to choose you. Or maybe you don't want God to choose you because of your brokenness, because you don't want to tell your story. How are you coloring? Have you been broken by somebody else? You're broken by somebody and you're bitter about it and it's just killing you? It's got you off to the side where you're just not useful to the kingdom? You're bitter? Or are you in a space tonight where you've received forgiveness and you understand that broken crayons still color and you're in a spot where, man, life is more colorful today than it has ever been? Where are you in the spectrum? Where are you? How have you been coloring? Is it the vibrancy of the kingdom of God, or is it drab and dark and dim, hopeless? Where are you? Because you are not damaged goods. Your purpose is large. You are significant, and God has a plan and a purpose for your good. And so I just want to ask two questions. Two questions, and I've already asked them tonight, but I just want to repeat two questions I've asked this evening, and then I'm going to pray, and we're going to step into a time of response where we just think about it. Okay, two questions. The first one is this. Will you let God mature you? Yes, you. It doesn't matter where you are. Will you let God mature you? There have been things that have happened in the past, but through the process of God growing us up, there is the ability of maturation. Will you let God mature you? And then for those people that you look at it and you think, they're too far gone. Will you give others the chance for God's work of maturing them? You. Will you give? Will you give others the chance for God's work of maturing them? Father, we, we find ourselves in this space tonight where we're trying to we're trying to see the picture that you are coloring. Father, I pray that you will help us this evening. I pray that you will help us to find your way. I pray, Lord, that you will see us in our brokenness and that you will bring value to us and you will help us to see who we are. And Father, I pray that you will guide us and direct us in the way that we should go. Father, I pray that even in those, um, in those moments where when we look at other people and we see brokenness, Father, you will help us to receive your goodness, your forgiveness, your grace. And Lord, that we would give your goodness, your forgiveness, your grace. And anybody that we've written off, Lord, Anybody we've said is too far gone. Anybody that we've, whatever. Lord, will you help us to see light in the darkness? Hope in the hopeless. Will you help us to see you on this earth? And Lord, will you give us the ability to bring your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven? Father, we love you and we praise your name this evening. We pray it through the name of Jesus. Amen.